Welcome everybody to Fergo and the Freak. My name is Glorious League Freak. You can catch me at leaguefreak.com. Uh, this is episode 269 and I am joined by Richard Shaw Wright from England. You've been back this near second time in the podcast, isn't it? Uh, it is, yeah, it seems a long time ago, but uh, mind you, everything seems a long time ago these days. We could have recorded it last week and I wouldn't remember. I know, right? It, like the start of last year, it feels like that was about two and a half years ago. It does. I mean, about this time last year, I just started a new job at a Super League club. Yeah. Um, uh, was this around the time Izzy Flower signed for Catalan? So that all kicked off. Mm-hmm. Then, the, you know, we had the season um, and about March time. That was it. Yeah. Went to Cas- went to Castlewood versus St Helens last game before lockdown, and haven't seen a, a live game in person since March. Yeah, it's really weird when you start thinking about it that way. Like I was thinking about with the um, with the the calling of the New South Wales Cup that I was doing, and now that's like a year and a half ago. Like it's it's not just last year anymore. It's it's ages away. So. It's, it's crazy. Um, anyway, before we get into our discussion today, I've got to tell everyone to go to manscaped.com. If you put in our exclusive code, which is NRL at checkout, you get 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself the perfect package. That's the way to go. You get everything in that. You've got to check out the microfiber boxer shorts. They're fantastic. You get the lawnmower 3.0. You get everything in it. So that's the way to go. 20% off on free shipping. You can't go wrong with that. Manscaped.com, but you've got to make sure you put in our code. It's just for our listeners, which is NRL. So I recommend everyone goes and does that right now. So um, the COVID situation, it's it's very strange because it, towards the end of last year, me and Andrew were a bit worried about the World Cup being played. And then it seemed to we, we seemed to settle down on those worries. But... Right now, England is in a really bad situation where, like, I mean, the peak, it's, I don't know if you're at the peak in terms of how many people have sadly passed away from COVID, but it's not like you're on the other side of it at the moment. And even though that there's, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get the vaccine out as quickly as possible, it feels like everything over in England, you can't really plan for anything. Oh, certainly not. Um, I'm sat here wondering what to do day by day because I'm not working at the moment. I haven't worked since last March now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no idea when, I'm, when I will be going back to work. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that, that's not important. What's important is people's health. And without getting political, you look at, say, you know, we, we hold up New Zealand as this, uh, the, the, the high standard over mm. here because we all love New Zealand now and how they've dealt with it, and they're an island, and we're an island, well, they're islands, and we're islands, and, and you know, we've only just shut the international borders, and even then we haven't done it properly. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're a year behind everyone. I, I have no idea when, when if we've hit the peak, when the peak will be. I know that everyone's, I think, bored of lockdown, I think would be fair to say. Um, yeah. It's not really a lockdown. You look at, um, what, a year ago, uh, in Italy and Spain, where you saw the pictures on the news of people in their houses not leaving them, the police on the streets making sure people didn't go out unless they had a really legitimate reason to do so. That's never happened here. So <sighs> will the World Cup happen? I hope it does. Um, I've got tickets to one of the games, and hopefully I'll be covering the tournament 
from a work perspective, but it's difficult to see, as you say, to predict anything that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks because <laughs> the Super League season was due to start in March. That's been put back. Mm-hmm. No one, no one knows what's happening. No one knows what's going to happen next. So it, it is difficult to prepare for anything other than that. You know, from all involvement I've had with those running the World Cup from a from a media perspective, they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. Their eyes are on the ball. If they have to cancel or delay or play games with reduced numbers in the stadiums, they will do that because they are, you know, well prepared. And, and I guess we've got the advantage in rugby league as opposed to football, where they've got to get their tournaments off at a certain time. You know, we don't even know where the next World Cup is, so if we, if we have to delay ours for a year, it, it doesn't really matter uh, in in terms of that. We haven't got a, a hard. Um, date to to work to as opposed to football where and, and, and you know if you look at the Olympics I mean there's a real danger that could be cancelled outright and imagine how much money's been spent in Japan mm. on infrastructure for that event for it to be cancelled potentially not postponed but cancelled it's it's unprecedented times as they keep saying on the news and I've, I've, I'm waffling because I've got no idea what's going to happen I could be a politician. No, it's really it's the thing I was thinking over the last few weeks is that the first year of COVID, you sort of saw competition stop and revise their season, and I think that most of the competitions that did that did it really well when you look back on it. But I feel like most of the competitions then went into this year thinking, okay, well, it's going to be a lot more settled, and if anything, it's been the complete opposite. It's been lots of cancelled games, um, games cancelled at the last minute at some t- at some points. Like, I think even the NRL, to a certain extent, is a little bit naive to think that even at the moment that they're going to get the entire season in the way it looks right now because you just get one COVID um, case, even on a staff for a club, and the whole club needs to go into lockdown. Um, they've got to do the contact tracing and all that. And it's just not straightforward. Like, I think most people thought that this year was going to be for sport. Oh, we certainly did. I mean, the last 4020 podcast we did of 2020, we're, you know, this is just before the vaccine started being rolled out, but we were ready for it to be there. We were all thinking, oh, well, you know, it's not going to be normal, but it's going to be somewhere closer to it was in 2020 and you know we're still sat here in the UK with no idea what's really going on and, and you know, I, I, you've got to have your head out of the sand mm. and I, th- I think football in this country has that problem at the moment the, the Premier League uh, have had to cancel games reschedule games coaches moaning about that or a coach moaning about that but you just have to somehow get through to the end of the season the, the football's got the problem here where you've got the European Championships coming up uh, at the end, uh, well, in the summer, which ridiculously is being played across Europe. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was a bad idea in the first place, but now it's an even worse idea. Mm. But they've got those, those dates aren't moving at the moment, so the football season has to finish at a certain time, but they haven't got enough time to fit all these games in because they haven't got the. I don't know what the word would be, but at least Rugby League, the flexibility, yeah, Rugby League in this yeah. country, Super League. They saw the way it was going towards the end. They knew they couldn't complete the season. So they just ended it early and then had the playoffs. And, you know, we had that great grand finals. Everyone forgets about all the stuff that happened before. <laughs> but at least at least we got a, a season done. Everyone was as happy as you can be. 
you know, if you, if you look back to the summer, we were planning for games with spectators, and that obviously fell apart mm. very quickly. So you, you can't plan for anything. Do you think that... With 100% certainty. Yeah, and, and like, with the Super League, I mean, they're, they're not even training over there at the moment, is my understanding. Um, they've They've pushed back the start of the year. And... But, it, like, right now, it just feels like even March, if they start in March, it seems really ambitious. Like, it would need to see such a big turnaround and hopefully the vaccine effects kicking in. And I don't mean the mind control ones, which are obviously real, but because uh, that's all 5G towers. It's not the vaccine. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, you, you would hope that the numbers, they really kind of need to plummet by March if there's going to be any semblance of a Super League season. And the thing that's really concerning me is that I just can't imagine that happening at the moment. And, like, the the effects on Rugby League in the UK, if just the Super League season was either condensed further or it was decided that they couldn't go ahead with it, or even if the government come out and said, look, we can't have the these sporting competitions going ahead at the moment... Um, and look, there's going to be bit, there's way bigger issues than sport, and and we're just talking about sport as sports fans at the moment. And we all know that you know people's lives and jobs and stuff are the really important stuff. But from the game's point of view, like it would be really devastating if they can't start in March. I think Super League clubs are back in training. I know some championship clubs are because they've posted okay. on social media exciting videos and whatever. But um, <laughs> Yeah, March. Um, I mean, they've delayed the release of the fixtures, which I always think is a overhyped thing anyway. But I guess people are excited to see when, you know, we're going to go to play Saints at Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I reckon it's going to be an Easter, hey? Well, well, it might not actually be now. This is, this is apparently the rumour. Uh, the yeah. big brouhaha when it wasn't on TV last year um, was hilarious. The things yeah. we used to care about when we didn't have a, a pandemic to worry about. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, the the, the financial situation. Um, what have the clubs give you? Uh, the sport giving money back to Sky this year. Um, mm. <laughs> that's never good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teams obviously budgeted and got contracts signed with players. Mm. At a certain level, which, you know, there's no fans going through the gate. Yes, people are still buying season tickets, but I can imagine that having seen very little rugby last year. And I know it's all about, oh, well, you donated it to the club and this and that and the other. There's a lot of people have lost work, as we say. A lot of people have got reduced incomes. They can't afford to throw two, three, four hundred quid at a rugby league club and expect nothing back. Um, we don't know when fans are going to be back. So, you know, it's difficult to... I, I got annoyed last year because a lot of it was almost trying to play supporters off against each other mm-hmm. um, among supporters more than the clubs about, how, you know, oh, I'm a great supporter. Of me, I haven't asked for any money back and whatever. And clubs saying, oh, well, you know, if you donate your money, it keeps us going and blah, 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 blah. Um, what will happen with no fans, with no beer money, with no money for pies, with no, you know, merchandise on the day being sold? Mm-hmm. It is going to be very tough, and perhaps sport has needed that to happen um, yeah. because there hasn't been a lot of excess um, on and off the field at clubs. Mm. You know, I'm not saying all clubs are you know, spending millions of pounds they haven't got. I'm sure many are run, and I've seen firsthand. You know, to a tight budget, 
Mm-hmm. And if you run to a tight budget and then somebody's not coming in, you have to find it from somewhere else. Maybe this will be a wake-up call for clubs. I mean, I don't think it will be. I mean, how many times have we, in the last 10 years have we seen rugby league clubs go to the wall and nothing's changed? Yeah, it's yeah. In football, it's happening in football as well all the time. Nothing changes. Mm-hmm. So why should I think that a pandemic will change people's minds? And they said, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a complete idiot. But I, I am. I, I would be concerned. You know, it, it's maybe not a surprise that no clubs have gone yet, uh, certainly outside Super League, because the government furlough scheme has taken a lot of decisions out of clubs' hands in terms of paying players. They can just get the government to pay them, and it's not a problem. And you know, most of those teams in the second tier or the third tier in League One don't have many permanent staff anyway. Yeah. But when they have to start paying people again with no crowds coming in and no income, it's going to be very tough. You know, we, we've said before on our podcast about how this was a, a great opportunity to rationalise the sport, to to work out what we want to be and how we can be that as strong as possible. And I don't think we've taken that opportunity, but we never were going to. You know, turkeys don't vote for Christmas, do they? Yeah, exactly. And like, it, it is a good opportunity to cut the fat. And I, I agree with you. There's certain team and it's not all of them but certain teams that you know just things like throwing money at, at youngsters that are just too young to know how they're even going to turn out if, if they're even going to want to be playing rugby league by the time they get to the age where they might be starting to even get close to being a super league player things like that um i i think it's been surprising that we haven't seen more teams other than Toronto fall over. And the Toronto situation was really, really unique. Like, if you could have planned out the very worst-case scenario for Toronto, it would have been what happened. That, like, they can't travel. They don't, they're don't. not part of the furlough scheme because they're not a UK club and stuff. And I'm absolutely shocked that the Catalan Dragons have basically... There hasn't really been a peep out of them um, in terms of even tossing up maybe just playing the season in the French competition or something along those lines because they've got a lot of obstacles just being not in the UK and and things like that. But um, how long do you think that, and and I know it's just an opinion, but how long do you think it would take for Super League to be delayed past March before we start seeing clubs really starting to say, hey, we've got a problem here? I think the the main thing is not necessarily the delay of the season, but how the governments are going to do things. So if the furlough scheme is extended, if the, if the season's delayed, then the clubs will just put the players back on furlough, the coaches and whatever. And you know, it's a word we never heard of before last year, but mm-hmm. um, I think the government pay 80% of your wages up until a certain point, or 75%, I can't remember exactly what I'm furloughed at the moment, and I, I can't remember what I get, but I get some money, mm-hmm. which is nice to just sit at home and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that ended, and clubs had to pay players their full wages, or whatever they've agreed, because they took pay cuts last year, mm. um, and then had no income at all, then we would see issues and, and we we don't have the same strength of a players union that you have in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a negative for the players, probably a positive for the club owners, yeah. a negative for the players. Um, and, and they're the ones who, you know, they're the ones taking the biggest pay cuts, of course. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to 
suffer more than anything. It's it's difficult to see. I don't know if a Super League club necessarily, because as you say, Toronto was a unique set of circumstances, and they were already in you know a bit of trouble beforehand anyway. Yeah, they needed to kind of get the ground running basically yeah. to get back on their feet, and it, it, the opposite happened, unfortunately. And, and off the field, there was obviously issues there, which have kind of been you know history rewrites things and now it's everything that went wrong with toronto is due to the pandemic and not bad management mm-hmm. um catalans you know the fact that they paid so much money every week to come and fly into the uk and out again is credit to them but you know how sustainable is that as you say mm-hmm. but the the core uk teams probably have the advantage of the furlough scheme the fact that if things are delayed then they can go back on that i mean i was on furlough then i was off furlough because they the, the scheme stopped i think it was uh, october or september last year mm-hmm. um so uh, <laughs> the government brilliantly ended on a friday uh, so i was called up and said well you know you're not coming back thanks mm-hmm. for your time you know which is mm-hmm. fair enough and then two days later on the Saturday, the government announced, Oh no, we're extending it now. So I was invited back. So it's great. <laughs> I get more money. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to predict what the government's going to do to try and predict what's going to happen in super league, uh, which no one knows on either. So uh, in a long winded answer to your question, I'm not sure, but the, the longer there isn't any money coming in, the tougher it's going to be for some clubs. I mean, you look at, I'm not saying Leeds Rhinos are in trouble, but a lot of their money comes in through their hospitality because yeah. Headingley is a wonderful facility mm-hmm. and they're not able to hold functions at the moment. They can't have thousands of people in their wonderful restaurants at a game. And that's a big loss of income for them. Now, mm. you know, Leeds are a well-run club, so you know, they'll be okay. But that's the top club in, in the country just about in terms of you know owning their own ground and success in recent years and whatever. Yeah, you know, every club has got a different uh, challenge and a different problem. Yeah, and like, I, I'm I always think back to the Bradford Bulls when they were like beating everyone over there, and I remember saying because I, I've always been pretty critical of the financial setup over there in the UK with Super League clubs, and as soon as they weren't winning everything, it, it all fell apart financially, and this is well beyond that. Like this is, and it affects every single club now. And I think it's a, it's kind of a credit. And I think of more of clubs like Wakefield and Castleford, the clubs that, you know, they, they haven't got that, that big backing behind them that they have been all right so far is a real credit to them. Um, and, and yeah, it's, I mean, I hope we don't see anybody fall over, but Man, it's just such a worry with the way that the the numbers are over there. Like, you know, the worst numbers of, of deaths just keep on coming up every couple of days. Um, it, it's a real concern for many reasons, but just on the rugby league point of view, um, I just can't see, like, I can't see the most optimistic circumstances playing out. And that's what worries me because I think if... The Super League has to condense the season really quite a lot. Um, and if it gets to the point where the government says, look, we can't be having sporting teams running around the country at the moment, uh, like that's a, that's a whole different scenario, I guess. 
Well, there's two things. I guess the, the, the advantage of Wakefield and the Castleford have is they, they run well and they don't have massive overheads mm-hmm. or, or, or they're trying to keep their overheads down as low as possible. It's difficult when both teams have got very old stadia yeah. that obviously need uh, work doing on them. But everything else off the field is is kept as, you know, as, as well run as possible. So that they're almost in a better position than some in this situation, and both you know have control of their own grounds as well, which is something which is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of March and delaying Super League, I think almost rugby league's got an, an advantage at the moment over football rugby union in the UK. You know, the main team sports played in the winter in so much as our season hasn't started yet. So at least we can we can prepare worst-case scenarios. I've got no idea what's going on behind the scenes at Super League or the RFL, but you would assume that they've got more than one plan in place, yeah. which was not just release the fixes on January 11th and we'll work it out from there. <laughs> One assumes that they've got plans in place for if this scenario happens or that scenario happens. They've they've had enough time to plan for it now, haven't they? It's not as if yeah. they, this, is, this is a surprise to anyone as it was last year. So you would hope... That, that is the case. Um, it, it's interesting mentioning the uh, you know, if the government decided you know we're not having sport anymore. It was rumoured, uh, you know, I heard a few weeks ago, and I am the least connected man in rugby league. That's what it says on my Twitter feed. And it <laughs> is true. But I, you know, I, I had word that the government were concerned and were thinking about cancelling elite sport again. Yeah. Well, the, the advantage to rugby league is we haven't started. So yeah. we don't, we can do whatever we want. You know, if we build to the fact that the World Cup starts on whatever date the World Cup starts on and work backwards from there, we can have some kind of season. It may not be the full season, which is probably a good thing uh, in terms of player welfare, but we can have a season, a legitimate season. Yeah. Whereas football, reunion yeah. have already started. You know, they've got somehow they're going to have to fudge the end of their season as we did last year and have some kind of weird percentage points or whatever. And, and mm. football's big disadvantage, of course, is we're not just talking about one division. Yet last year in Super League, we said, right, there's no promotion and relegation. Right, that's fine. Whether that will happen again this year, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But in football, because of the money involved in the difference between being in the Premier League and the Championship, they almost have to have promotion and relegation. Otherwise, yeah. there'll be a massive, massive argument but if you do reduce the season, if you do have teams playing less games than others, and you know, if say Fulham have to play Liverpool twice, but one of their, I don't know who else is down the bottom of the table, not Sheffield United because they're going to be relegated, but Newcastle will have to play Sheffield United twice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've got an advantage in rugby league, and I hope we are working to that advantage, and I'm sure we are because I do have faith in people running the sport, uh, which not everyone does that they yeah. will have plans in place for some kind of scenarios, depending on what happens and you know who knows what's going to happen next. What do you think will happen if we get to a point where they, they have to push the Super League season back a, a couple of extra months and they realise they're going to run into the World Cup, but they kind of, because the, the advantages have over there is that rugby league can be played in the summer and the winter. And in an ideal world, like you could have the grand final in December. You could even have it in January if you really, really had to. But because the World Cup is there to be played, that kind of limits the options a whole lot. Do you think we could see a scenario where 
basically English Rugby League says, we need to play into the very end of December or early January next year to remain financially viable in any sense. And that means we have to to cancel the World Cup. I hope that, that doesn't happen because I think yeah. the World Cup is far too important yeah. in terms of you know every game is going to be broadcast on the BBC, whether that's on TV or online, which, mm-hmm. you know, the last World Cup was half, well, 75% of it was hidden away on a channel that a lot of people don't subscribe to or have ever heard of mm-hmm. over here. Well, the 2013 World Cup, rather, not the 2017 one. Uh, although, no, no, that was that was hidden away as well. I'm getting confused now. Um, so the World Cup has to happen. If, it, if it's going to happen, if it's not delayed, it has to happen. If, mm-hmm. if it is delayed, then, you know, Super League can play till whenever they want. Yeah. Um, I would suspect they would try and get the season done in some form before the World Cup. Mm-hmm. They could, you know, have it split and go after. Yeah. But I think after that point, you know, we talk of player welfare, we talk of, you know, if players come back from the World Cup injured or whatever, um, clubs wouldn't be happy about that because never happy about anything. <laughs> I, I think they would have to, I think it has to finish before the World Cup. I think it would be too much of a mess if it, Dig drag on, and if you did drag it on until December, January, then you've got the same problem in 2022. I mean, geez, we're <laughs> really going ahead into the future here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where you're going to have that same, you know, when do we start the season? How long's the off season going to be? And it just becomes a bit of a mess again. And and there is that other problem with player contracts when they end. Um, yeah, that's I think true. They end in I think they end in November. I'm not 100 sure on that. Mm-hmm. So you would have that issue again if if that happened where the teams sign players on very short-term deals in December. How would the teams who they've signed for the next year want uh, cope with that? You know, it's, it's a mess, but I would think the best case, the best scenario for everyone would be, would be to finish somehow in October and just get 2021 out of the way. I mean, we talked about getting 2020 out of the way, but it looks like it's going to be the same case this year. As well, as, as long as we have a season a bit longer than the uh, WNRL season, which seems, or the NRLW season, which seems to last about three weeks. Oh, it's so, um, it's crazy. <laughs> as, long, as, long as, as long as it lasts a bit longer than that, yeah, we should be okay. You know, if teams just have to play each other once rather than you know home and away, so be it. The problem with going into December as well is the likes of Wigan, who share a stadium with a football team. Mm-hmm. It's finding dates and blah blah. You know, yeah, I mean, you can play, go play games at witness or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But there's always some excuse not to uh, not to do something. They could play games at their uh, much bigger, more successful rivals' ground, Totally Wicked Stadium. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it is funny to be thinking so far ahead, and like it's funny because even in November last year the scenarios that we're seeing play out now, it would have been hard to imagine them back then. So that like, I don't envy these sporting competitions that have to, like I'm a big basketball fan, NBA fan, and they've had one team that has had like five games cancelled already this season. And like their season is really close to becoming a mess. Um, So yeah. Actually, I might be able to add Andrew to the call. Let me add Andrew to the call. He just tried to call through. Hang on a second. Uh, you have a million games in the NBA anyway, so it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, well, they had to condense. They had to condense their season to I think seventy games from eighty-two. So they've it's been a problem for them, a little bit of a problem for them. But they've like they've had so many cancelled games and and things like that already. Like I think it's going to be even worse for them. And Andrew's joined us now on the podcast. Hey, Andrew, gentlemen, we've gentlemen. been having a very good conversation about basically all the doomsday scenarios involving <laughs> Super League getting shut down, the World Cup, what what's going to happen with the schedule and things like that. Um, what can you, you tell us? I'm going to say, Andrew, you want me to update the website this year because I mean, no rugby, you'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love the optimism of the uh, the the RFL that they, they're adamant that the World Cup's still going to take place in England. Yeah, it worries me. Is that is that like a le- are they legit that deluded that they think it will? Well, we are all going to be vaccinated soon, you know, by at some point in the future. I so I saw a, a mate of mine from uh, from from St Helens. He's a rugby league historian. Um, he put on there that he he put himself down to get the vaccination and said that he was something like twenty five millionth in the queue. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've not even checked. I'm not going anywhere. I just sit at home all day. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I don't need. I don't need the vaccine at the minute. That's a but long I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I've got asthma. I might. I might be further up than him. I don't know. You might. Um, be. I might be. Um, <laughs> he, he's older than you, though. Well, I'm forty now, so you know, I'm getting. I'm getting there. You know, I'm, maybe you know, I'm hopefully right. middle aged. Seriously, man, you don't look a day over thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> Depends if I have a, if I have a shave I do, but there's no reason to shave or you know have a decent haircut at the minute. So uh, apart from I keep forgetting that we do our show on Skype sometimes where people can see us. So that it, that's even that's even more of a reason to have a beard and not show you. Yeah, but yeah, see, I mean, you can just cover we, your whole face. We have had people criticise my hair, which I think is a bit unfair in lockdown. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not like uh, was it Bernard Tomic's girlfriend who. <laughs> doesn't wash her own hair. Lisa, I've got something to say about that, okay? Because <laughs> what, what is the deal with all of these povos out there that wash their hair? Like, I don't understand these people that wash their own hair. Stop using your manual labour, you losers. Get someone else to wash your hair, you bludgers. Staff, that's what we do. We just get staff. Yeah. Can you can you keep all the tennis players over there, please? And, and like <laughs> tennis players are crazy, hey? It's like tennis players and swimmers. I'll tell you well, what, they're all in Victoria at the moment, so they're going to be kept here for quite a while. <laughs> for the last like 10 years, I, I've been uh, self-employed, and for much of that time, I've been working for bookmakers and watching sport all day, um, and a lot of that is watching tennis. Mm. And, wow, you know, I, I, the amount of money in there, even for the low-ranked players, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they can have a bit of hardship for a, for a short time. But... Uh, I know we're going off topic right. there, but uh, nah, it, it did amuse me. At least, at least I've not mentioned cricket, so, you know, that's, that's a positive. Yeah, well, we lost pa- to India, didn't we? You did. My know. pass was just about to arrive, so I'm just about to mute myself. So right. you yeah, go for it. You, nah, you, you, uh, so if we want to hear that, that would be glorious. It's a little bit of Matty Johns now. He's doing the bit we said we were going to do. Well, remember, I said to him, I think I've got three parcels delivered during podcasts. It's been uh, it's been good. So this is the fourth one we've had delivered in uh, 269 episodes. This is the first one that's been delivered in England. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Mate, we should. We, we deliver better than the actual Australian Post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch of deliveries today, by the way. I got another Iron Man helmet. Hey. Another one. Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. fantastic. Oh, it really is. You should see the way it opens up and stuff. It's fantastic. I'll do a. I'll do a video of all this stuff. I know I keep on threatening to do it, but eventually I will. My parsley's filthy, which makes me wonder where it's been. But, uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the, what do they call the UK post? Uh, it's called the Royal Mail, but this came through a courier, so... Uh, oh, okay. They, 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 yeah. We have the, great discussions in the UK about which couriers are useless and which ones are good, but this was a good one. The, the Queen doesn't use couriers. She just relies on the postal service. She does, and her face is on every stamp. I don't know if she has to pay for them, but they're going up and up in price. So, uh, mind you, she's got a few quid, so she'll be all right. Yeah, imagine, like, using money with your face on it. That'd be weird. It certainly would. That's that's the concern. (laughs) You know what? I was thinking, like, you know how you get all of those, um, the cups and sauces and stuff with a face (laughs) on it? Like, that would be weird, too. But then I realized I've drank out of cups that have my logo on it. And it's just awesome. If you go and get stamps with Prince Charles's on, you know, when he becomes king, if that yeah. happens, yeah. are all the British notes going to have to get longer to get his ears in? They're going to have an extra three inches to every note on either side. That, that might be treason if I laugh at that, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know how you call, you know how you call the, uh, in the US, you call it the greenback. Would you call the English money the green knees? <laughs> See, I was, I, there's trees, there's Charles. Loves them. <laughs> See, I was, as, as a, um, you know, someone who has to go and do work and be, what was the title they gave people like me? Um, essential, essential workers. Essential worker. Yeah. Um, still have to wear a face mask every time I go to work every day. And after a while, it feels like the, the, um, the face mask is pulling my ears forward. I was going to start calling it Prince of Wales ears. <laughs> Yeah, I take it off at the end of that. I start pushing my ears back towards my head to try and get them back to where they should be. <laughs> uh, do you have many uh, Rubili Ganti maskers in Australia? Or, oh yeah, really, yeah. Really, oh, you do have them. That's all yeah, right. they're they're idiots. Yeah, I, I was called a, a wet flannel by one of them over here a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, but I only found this out when someone told me because I'd actually muted the person months ago, so it was quite amusing. A wet flannel. Yeah, that's, that's, like, an, the, that's like the most feeble of of uh, insults you can dish out. It's like, I, I, I really want to insult you, but I don't yeah. want to do it too severely. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm sat there thinking, well, I could reply to this and I've got plenty of ammunition, but it's not worth it. You know, because you, nah, you, you argue with idiots. It's not, it's pointless. That's right. Well, once you do that, you start going down to their level and you never argue exactly. with, with, an, with an idiot because I'll drag you down to their level and, level and beat you with experience. <laughs> Let's leave whole KR fans out of this, all right? They've they've had to go through enough. I mean, how how did you know that the person who called me wet flannel was a former whole KR player? That's, oh, really? That's, that's an amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You might should spot that. That's just I don't, I I had no idea. Um, <laughs> I I I'm gonna. Is it somebody that has problems? <laughs> well, they're whole KR person. Yeah, it's true. That's like <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, let's oh, not go possibly. down this path. <laughs> <laughs> say, oh, say that dude. for the bit when you when you stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if, if it's the person I think it is, it will be friggin' hilarious. But anyway, um, yeah, so, like, me and Andrew have talked this year about the World Cup possibly being played in New Zealand or in Australia because a lot of the play base will be here anyway. And, you know, I can understand where a player would be concerned flying to the UK. Um, do, do you think that there's a scenario in place where they would be able to play the World Cup over, over say, in New Zealand this year and then the next World Cup is held in the UK following that? Or do you think that because of all of the contracts that are in place, that's just not feasible? I think we're too far down the line now with mm-hmm. everything that's been arranged. I know you know there's a possibility it might have to be delayed for a year or whatever, but anyway, if that was the case, then you know everything's up for grabs, isn't it? But I don't think at this moment in time they would switch the World Cup to another country just because mm-hmm. of all the work that's been done. And, and the, the most important factor is the and this is before COVID and whatever, there's a lot of government money gone into this World Cup. So it is, yeah. a, a, it is a government-backed tournament, in effect. Is that, that, is, that money, bring... is that money to the RFL or money to the IRL? It's money to, uh, as far as I understand it, the World Cup organisers. So the, uh, the, the World IRL. Cup organising committee, yeah. So uh, And plenty of money has been given out in the form of uh, grants to community clubs as we call them or what used to be called amateur clubs over here to do work in the community so i think there's there's too much has happened for it to be moved at this later date and and especially with the government backing i I don't think it can happen um whether you know as i say if it it was delayed massively then possibly but i I can't see it happening now It's, it's a good idea it's a good plan as you say especially with so many players based over there but i just can't see it happening yeah well, it's more the he, fact that there's just no COVID in New Zealand. Well, yes. I, I, I'm not really don't, don't proposing... You don't want to swing it over. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not really proposing to have it in Australia because we find that when someone sneezes in Sydney, every other state goes, that's it, no more moving. <laughs> um, that's not really helpful. <laughs> that You know, that you know if, uh, where I live, you're still not allowed to go into Victoria. And, man, it's fantastic. Just that weight off my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, mind you, mate, we've got all the coffee here. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> nice the, if, if street art had coffee. Hey. Yeah. Mud um, cups. If the, if the Super League season does get underway, and this is, it's really weird to go from like, what'll happen if they don't play at all to who do you think will be the favourite? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the same teams as ever yeah Um, as I did say the other night if Buffalo Bills win Super League then it definitely will be Warrington's year Um, yeah yeah, um, Saints or Wigan I I tipped Wigan last year and then obviously they came second Mm -hmm. Um, can I I ask you a bold prediction in what year do you think a team other than St. Helens, Wigan or Leeds will win the Premiership? And which team will it be? I mean, I should say not Warrington just for shits uh, and giggles, as we say, shouldn't I? But um, if, if, you look at, if you look at the Super League, right, and, and obviously I'm a Wakefield supporter, so I'm, I'm biased, but we ain't going to win Super League, are we? 
you know, uh, Castle aren't going to win Super League, it seems, because they had the best chance in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, Salford aren't going to win it now. Now they've changed coach. I, I think that's a big negative for them. Huddersfield, are they ever going to win Super League? Nah, they they got nah, close. No. So, what was it, 20 Hull KR, yeah, Hull KR and Lee aren't going to, are they? So, the, the team which really underperforms, and it's not Warrington, it's Hull. Yes. It's Hull FC. Yes. Because, they, they, because, you know, everyone tells us about Hull, big city, big stadium, big team, blah, 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 blah. But it's been donkey's years since they've challenged and been to a grand final. It's 2005 they last got to the grand final and they were battered by St. Helens. I seem to remember. I mean, it's so long ago. I can't, you know, yeah. I was at that show on that one. I, 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 I was in the press box and a drunk man invaded it, which I thought was just another member of the press, but it, no, it was, it was a fan who managed to get in somehow. <laughs> um, took, took a while for them to realize and, and kick him out, but, uh, but never mind. Uh, but you know, Hull have never been, you know, and, and yes, they've had semi-finals. Yes, they won the Challenge Cup, but you know, winning the Cup and winning Super League are completely different things, mm-hmm. and they haven't challenged in Super League. So, as much as we can take the piss out of Warrington, and it's a fun sport over here, at least they've got to Grand Finals. At least they've got there. What about um, Catalan? Oh, forget about Catalan because they're foreign, um, and we don't like foreigners anymore. <laughs> in um, are, are they in a uh, flooded market? <laughs> Got their problem. Unlike Lee. No, well, no, no. Lee, Lee, are, Lee are British. That's all right. And anything right. foreign, we, you know, Lee, we don't Lee's like only, anymore. Lee's only competing with church and the Sunday markets. <laughs> um, <laughs> Catalans are interesting, aren't they? Because they do keep making good signings. And at the start of last year, you thought it's got a good chance, and you know, probably too much, too much travel for them last year, and too much upheaval. Mm. Um, they're always going to be a team which you think have got a chance. Um, I don't know why I forgot about them. The uh, biggest problem that Catalan have got, though, is they always have a lot of churn, and it's hard to Mm. build anything when you keep doing that. That's what's worked for Wigan, Leeds, and St. Helens for so long, is they just get a bunch of great players, and they just keep them there. And I think Catalan keeps getting the bunch of great players, but they don't give them a chance to stay there for several years and really start to gel and be a threat. Um, it's a shame the Catalan squad isn't isn't a t- uh, isn't transplanted into a team over here because they do have a lot of dislikable characters in their squad, and you can imagine if they played a, if they were a, a British based team, if they were Warrington, say, then everyone could get behind hating them or whatever. But because they're they're Catalans, they're a bit exciting, and people like going abroad to to the south of France, they enjoying a, a weekend in the sunshine and with a bit of rugby league there. It's not quite the same. With their dislikable characters. See what you should be. What what the RFL should have done at Super League is move them to the north of France and then just just hate them for what happened in World War Two. <laughs> and just use that the whole time. But the south of France, I mean, they they put up a resistance. You can't really go yeah. with it there. You know, you got. I mean, that's yeah, what you got to do. Not, move them somewhere so you can hate them. Not to say we're fixated on the war, but we are fixated on the war. So yeah, absolutely. Uh... Either that or relocate them to Germany. <laughs> well, I'm surprised no one's decided to, you know, pretend to invent the team in in Berlin or something. Because you know it's, we're good at that at the minute in rugby. It's inventing teams in places that are never going to play a game. That's right. You should go do that. That'd work. Get the, the get Berlin, the Wolfpack. Berlin, Berlin Wolfpack. <laughs> Berlin Wolfpack. Bring bring well, them. No, you got to use the you got to use the alliteration. The Berlin Blitzkrieg. It'll go down really well. 
people get really behind that one. <laughs> is, is it too soon for those jokes or not? Probably. Possibly. Possibly. We might have just got cancelled. <laughs> all, all your German listeners have now tuned out. Yeah. <laughs> and our London ones, or London 2. <laughs> we have two listeners in London. We, we've got similar listener numbers in London as to what the uh, London Broncos get the, at these games. Oh, jeez, Andrew, you're going in hard on, on bloody London. They're doing their best. <laughs> Lee, London, what's next? Mate, London's a flooded market. You can't put a team there. Yeah, right. No, there's all them football teams. That's the problem. Yeah. The, the, so the problem with the London Broncos is not enough Australians and New Zealand expats go support them. Um, that's That's the problem. And that, like it hasn't been helped by the fact that they've moved around so many times, and then they like the Tony Ray, to, like Tony Ray is their Matthew Elliott, and he, like you know I could go on for, about that for a million years. Yeah. And then they changed to the Harlequins and wore that stupid bloody jersey, and I've still got a picture on my computer of the Broncos mascots holding up that jersey. <laughs> it looks so funny. Um, and now they went back to the London Broncos, and, and they're just nomads around, around London. It, it kind of, that's their problem. They need they to keep, find home. They keep playing out of tiny little, like, car parks and, you know, whatever bit of grass they can find in the outer suburbs. They need to find a genuine stadium that's actually good. And then go back to being Fulham. Go back to Fulham. Yeah, go somewhere decent. Stop playing where the place looks like they've just removed the swings out of there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've been pretty much nomadic since leaving Fulham, and it's finding that right venue. I mean, there's talk they might move to Wimbledon next, which is interesting. Yeah. But again, it's it's that typical rugby league thing. We all th- right, we all think rugby league is the greatest sport in the world, and and, mm-hmm. and it might be. We don't, you know, we can't say for sure. But if people haven't got any interest in watching it, they're not going to go watch, regardless of whether <laughs> there's a team in London or a team in Toronto or a team wherever. They ain't going to watch. Yeah. Unless we tell them that we we sell them on it, and we don't sell them on it because we don't want to. We just say, yeah. oh, rugby league's on. Come come watch rugby league. It's great. Look. And the problem is, too, a lot of them times, and, and a team like London's a, a great example, it's like, come out and see the, this London team. It's your team, but they're terrible. But they'll get a good one day, but they're absolutely, we're not lying, you will hate watching their team. But come and watch them anyway. So, like how the like, NFL sellers on the, the Jacksonville Jaguars as Britain's team. That's like, yeah. Come watch Britain's team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> see. London just needs to go out there and get Papa John's as their major sponsor, and they just give all the people who come to the game free tuna and corn pizza. pizza. <laughs> How could you now. not love that? Come on. Free oh, food. My door's, going, my door's knocking again. Bear with me. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I, oh. You know, with that the pizza deals, I wonder if you rang up Papa John's and said, I just want a pizza base with gravy on it. I bet they'd do that for you, hey? Do you reckon they'd just? I reckon they'd be just inclined to want to put some other shit on there. Are you sure you don't want like gravy and capsicum? What about uh, no? You know the Yorkshire puddings, like gravy and Yorkshire puddings, <laughs> sat on top of it. That'd be the best oh. English pizza ever. I'd eat that pizza. <laughs> You'd eat that. Oh, for sure, it'd be great. Oh boy, ah, bloody England! A stuffed crust pizza with like battered fish in the crust. Oh no, they they get a stuffed crust pizza, mate. They'd stuff chips in the crust, chips with bits on. 
That's a good point. I'd stuff that in the crust. Yeah. And then just... Yeah, just put whatever topping they want on there and just cover it, absolutely coat it in batter and gravy. That's their pizza. You, you, is, that, you, is, that a, is that a Wigan pizza? I'm sorry, I've just read Yeah, it is, yeah. We're just coming up with a pizza idea for Papa John's and... I mean, that'd be better than tuna and fucking corn. <laughs> if, if, what if you had a Wigan pizza as just a giant pie? That's all it'd be. But then I well, think about... what pies the... in bread. They have pie sandwiches. Oh, do they? <laughs> Hang on, yeah, what are they going to go... Kebab. What are they going to do? <laughs> Wicked Kebab. What are they going to do, the whole Aussie KFC thing, and have a pie sandwich where the top layer of bread and the bottom layer of bread are just two more pies? <laughs> uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that's not happened already. I mean, we are... Why... I mean, A, we are missing out on the big KFC adverts over here because, you know, that's the bit about the last World Cup which everyone loved mm. was the, you know, $1 fries or whatever. Yeah. Um... So I don't know if we're going to have that this World Cup. We, we shall, you know, keep our fingers crossed. That'll but, be you know, free. <laughs> there did used to be Super League pies, and there aren't Super League pies anymore. So bring back the Super League pies. Were they any good, or were they like the ones that were stuck yeah, in the that, travel no, stations? No, no, they, the no they were good pies. Like, the crust was like chewing through a bit of road. No, no, they were they were good pies. Were the Super League pies? But I don't I don't know what happened to them. Another successful sponsorship deal that's gone by the wayside. I don't, I don't, know, if, I don't know if you were paid in pies like the uh, the free trucks we got that time. <laughs> that was brilliant. They should have I, just had the pies delivered in the free trucks. It's still about pies. They're the yeah. way of the future. Kick all the goals. Um, I'll move forward. Is there any chance whatsoever that there'll be a team in Canada ever again in the Super League? You wouldn't think so, would you? I, I, uh, I'm struggling to see how it's going to happen now. I mean, I think... if you look at the supposed opposition to them coming in last year, maybe it was a surprise they were in in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I, it, it was a, a wacky idea. You know, we've got Ottawa coming in. Well, they're supposed to come in this year, but now they're coming in next year. I, I just don't see how it works. If... And I, I go back to the NFL and, and the World League of American Football in the, the 90s. If they, with all their marketing, ballyhoo and money, couldn't get a European stroke World League to work. You know, they had teams from North America playing in Europe and whatever. And yes, things have changed since the early 90s. But if they couldn't get that to work, how can Rugby League, which is a little bit smaller get a team in Canada working in a British league, predominantly British league, without the advantages of the money, etc., which obviously wasn't there for it to work. Unless someone's a wacky billionaire mm. who really doesn't care about losing money. Mm-hmm. I, I know. don't see how it can work, sadly. I know of one of those people, and I think it would be brilliant for the game of rugby league, and his name is Vincent McMahon. Well, well, I mean, good old Vince. I mean, he's got his finger on the pulse, hasn't he? Mate, he's, um, he's been willing to throw money down the toilet with his XFL. <laughs> Why not just say, you know what? There's a rival to the NFL out there. It's rugby league, and it fits his pro wrestling narrative because they're not softcocks getting their wearing with you know wearing mattresses and, and motorcycle helmets. They just go out there and just rip in. It's I mean, extreme it's us- football. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there are worse ideas. 
far worse ideas than getting Vince. As long as he doesn't, you know, try to storyline things because he's, you know, he's, he's lost his touch, hasn't he? Uh, look, if but, it's uh, Australian, if the Australian media, Australia was involved in it, they'd tell you, you know, it's all premeditated and everything anyway, and the referees are doing this and that and whatever uh, else. So, you know, it'd be I great mean, for the storylines. I was concerned you were going to say Donald Trump for a moment, but uh, no, 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 no. You see, what you could do, what you could do, is just put it, put the odd pro wrestler in there coming off the bench. Well, I mean, the, the Rock apparently is related to is it Junior Vi Vi or something. It's related to you know, yeah. he's, he's Samoan. Not all the Samoans are related. We know this because uh, that's how it is in wrestling. <laughs> so you know, get the Rock involved. I know he's just bought the XFL. So you know, <laughs> I forget that. Come, come buy Toronto Wolfpack and you know, whatever. Well, I've been seeing a lot of news, like there's a lot of of noise around the Wolfpack, like McDermott's running around saying that they're not dead and buried yet and they're trying to resurrect the club, which is interesting. Um, I don't know how they're going to do that, but, you know, I, I, I don't know if they're going to target going into the United States Rugby League comp or if they want to get a couple more Canadian teams together or something, but it's interesting that, there's still a little bit of noise around, and hasn't he organised some sort of trial game or something? Well, not so much trial game, but just a a one-off sort of match. They've got uh, no I'm... players. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they don't exist. Sonny Williams is still waiting for his money. I keep bringing <laughs> it up, but if I if somebody had given me five million bucks to play footy, and then that like it had gone, I'd be filthy. I wonder what Sonny Bill's doing this year. Does anyone know? No idea. Is, is, it, is it not his time to go back to Rebunion for a bit and then come back? It feels or boxing. Yeah. Well, maybe you could punch up a few taxi drivers or something, you know, over in Jamaica somewhere. Get into the wrestling. It could be. It could be. In, you know, could be headlining WrestleMania. You never know. Um, he must know The Rock. You know, as I say. Um, Probably. No, I mean, that was one of the big. That was one of the big same points. You're going to be playing for Samoa at the World Cup, wasn't he? But uh, you're not playing for anyone. Uh, I think the, the the thing with Toronto at the minute, and I would say that, that there's no news in rugby league. You know, nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah. So if anyone farts, it's vaguely news over here. Yeah. So Brian McDermott says something, it's big news, mm-hmm. even though you know, looking at it with any kind of critical eye you, you probably suggest well they haven't got any players mm. the, the club doesn't really exist anymore it, it, Brian McDermott's gone rogue he's gone rogue on behalf of Toronto mm-hmm. so I, I mean I hope much, back is this just Brian McDermott trying to keep himself in the spotlight so he can get a coaching gig somewhere else I mean I'd hope he gets a coaching gig somewhere else soon because I like Brian McDermott I always enjoy his press conference because he's prickly it's, it's very much our version of Wayne Bennett but uh which team do you reckon he, he needs to go to to help them out this you know, time? You know what? I, I I would have thought he would have been perfect for the aforementioned Hull FC in so much as that he's a proven winner. He was able to turn around teams at Leeds having, you know, having to rebuild the team. Yes, it went sour towards the end, but that's what happens when any manager or coach is at a club for a long time. Uh, in any sport, um, I would have thought he would have been perfect for in that sense. Although I am told that he he is very much a man who wants to be in control of everything or wants contr- the final say on things. So whether he would have that at some clubs or not, I don't know. But it's interesting. Hull have gone with a pretty much a rookie, Brett Hodgson. When you know you've got a Brian McDermott 
waiting in the wings seemingly for any big job that comes up? Hmm. I think a lot of clubs, though, they've been burnt by, you know, you get a coach that has been at one of the clubs that win all the premierships, and then when they've gone elsewhere, and I think of someone like a Brian Noble. Yeah, that was, that was the example I was going to think of. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> terrible. They're, like, they're not, they're not just bad, they're terrible. And, I, like, I can see where clubs have thought, well, look, we can either take a runner on, like, a a lower-grade Australian coach who, at the very worst, they're going to come in and they're going to bring something to the club that, you know, they're going to be solid at the very, very worst. Or we can have a shot at someone like a McDermott or a Noble or someone like that. And, you know, I mean, some of those examples, they've been absolutely terrible at their next stop. And, And I can see where clubs don't want to make that mistake again. I just think it's a shame that he's not involved in rugby league more. Maybe a, maybe a national team coach. Maybe you know, coming up to this World Cup, a, a team will think he did uh, the USA at the last World Cup, didn't he, or whenever it was. Yeah. Maybe a, a, a country will bring him on board as some kind of consultant. Um, it, it would be a shame to not see him involved with his experience, but uh, he'll turn up again somewhere at some point. He, he, he hasn't failed anywhere yet to have that... Um, tag on him. I know Toronto obviously started last season terribly and, and we'll never quite know how they would have gone but I don't think that will be held against him because of everything else that was going on behind the scenes at Toronto. They are going to dominate things for a while just because they were so divisive yeah. over here that they are going, you know, the fact that they've been replaced by Lee, and it's no disrespect to Lee, but it, it, it is just a stick people can beat the sport with. Yeah, and we do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the, what do you think about uh, Sean Wayne being the England coach? Because, like, he's he's taken over from Wayne Bennett because, uh, like, the, the tour disaster for Great Britain was all Wayne Bennett's <laughs> fault. <laughs> and, well, Wayne Bennett hasn't got a record of any sort of note. No, he's rubbish. Um, he's rubbish. Yeah, terrible. yeah. So it's his fault. And then Sean Wayne takes over. He's got a good record with Wigan. Um, you know, I, I'm not convinced by him. He's got an attitude about him, which I don't like, but that's probably a good thing. I, I've always thought that an England coach should... And, and this will sound terrible to English people, but I, th- I think English coaches need to just shut up and do the work. There's too much, you know, uh, posturing and stuff like that. And it, it just, in the end, it hurts the England team, I think. But I also like him in some ways because he's doing that. I don't know why. It's really weird. I like Sean Wayne. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that he's back in our sport rather than messing around with the Scottish Rebunion or whatever he was doing. And... It, I guess he's another one of those successful club coaches who wasn't going to be appointed somewhere else um, yeah. because of perhaps his perceived style of play, um, which was very successful at Wigan. A lot of people don't like that they are a physical team and won by being physical, but it worked for them. You know, He had a record of bringing young players through at Wigan, which is a positive. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see because obviously <laughs> he's been been in the job for about a year now and hasn't had a game to play. Yeah. Um because of the unique nature of the nonsense that is International Rugby League. Yeah, but he's undefeated. Um, he's undefeated. Um he's almost as good as Sam Allardyce's record as the England football manager. Um 
so you know they, they're going to play a game at some point this summer, um, possibly against the the Exiles, because who else can travel over to the country? Um, <clears throat> um, and then you know, I was on the media call with him last week. He's hoping for a warm up game about ten days before the World Cup. So who they get to play, you know, remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Why don't they play France and just play in the COVID Cup? <laughs> because we always play France and we always beat them by 50 points and everyone says oh we shouldn't play no, France anymore mix it up make sure everyone gets COVID before they go into the game <laughs> see who's got the better um, immune system um, <laughs> well, we, we need to do something over here with International Rugby League where yeah. England play I, I know the strongest England team is always going to beat Wales Scotland Ireland at the moment but we've got to strengthen them somehow Mm-hmm. You know, the Six Nations here is a massive thing. Overhyped in terms of, you know, people generally don't care about, you know, club domestic rugby union in the same way they don't care about club domestic rugby league because um, they care about their football team and that's about it. But if you have some kind of international competition, you build it up and you don't give up on it after a year, as we you know, do with the Exiles or whatever, then maybe we can build something. Because that's the only way people are going to get involved in watching rugby league from outside of where we are. It's the internationals, because <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't know how big hockey is in, in Australia. Um, but, it, you know, when the Olympics is on, people watch it because Great Britain are playing. The netball during the Commonwealth Games, people were interesting because England were playing. You know, they don't go watch Super League netball but because the the national flag is attached to a team, they'll go watch it. We do that with soccer. So if Australia qualifies for the World Cup in the soccer, which has happened, what, three or four times in the 300 million years of soccer's been going on, everyone all of a sudden goes, yeah, let's go buy a soccer ball and go kick the ball around the park and watch <laughs> them. And then after they finish their pool games and they've lost each game 300 to nil, they go, yeah, we'll go out to watch a cricket and rugby and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, but I think it's they get sporting, like we get these bees under our bonnets, and soccer was one for a while, but it's like, at one point Australia was all in on the America's Cup, and then we won it, and we're like, oh yeah, we've done that, and then it was, <laughs> then it was like um, the 500cc Grand Prix, and Wayne Gardner got it, and it was like, oh, we finally got one, and then McDoan, and it's like, oh, McDoan's great, and then McDoan wins like five titles, and by the time he's... <laughs> When he's fifth one, we're like, oh, yeah, Mick Dillon, that's pretty good. And it's we have these little things that we go along. Like, the, then it was the Olympics. Oh, we want to get the Olympics. We got that. And, you know, then it was swimming for, like, five minutes. It's really weird. Cycling. Cycling here. Uh, Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France. No one British has ever won the Tour de France. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. He's nice. Yeah. He's a Wigan fan. It's brilliant. You know, we've won the Tour de France loads of times. I think some other someone I've never heard of won it last year. No one cares because we've done yeah. that now. Yeah, and, we had, and cycling we had is such a tainted Aussie. spot anyway. So you know. We had some Aussie win it. We can't even remember his name. Dale Evans. I watched him. it. Who cares? Yeah, well, we, it's just we, a bloke we, on a bike. They, we see him on the road all the time. Yeah. You're trying not to well, keep up all the drives. They've been renting cars now. We're good at that. You know, we're not interested in uh, cycling. It's like the, the America's Cup apparently is big here again because I saw someone tweeting about it because Ben Ainsley is in it. And apparently Britain's never won the America's Cup or hasn't won it for billions of years. But... It's sailing. Who cares? You know, exactly. It's, it's funny. I used if to. We win, I'm, I'm not going to go out and do sailing on my local boating lake, am I? Yeah, um, I've never, I've never done sailing, but I, I used to watch it when uh, New Zealand was taking on uh, the United States. I used to really look forward to the America's Cup. Hey, I don't watch it anymore, but I used to watch it. 
Uh, I mean, so I'm going we... to watching skiing during the winter, but that's just because I'm stuck inside and I need something to do. <laughs> Man, I was watching the darts the other night. That was fantastic. Oh, the darts is wonderful. I mean, uh, it shows you the uh, downward progression of my career in the last 10 years. Um, when I was working for the bookies, uh, which hopefully I will be going back to after this all ends, um, I used to cover the darts. So they sponsored one of the darts tournaments, and I covered it down in Wolverhampton, which is one of the great industrial cities of the uh, Midlands. I don't know what the Australian equivalent would be. Newcastle. Um, there you go. And, and somehow, um, because I tweeted about it, I ended up on Australian radio for about a week. The oh, different wow. radio stations ringing me to talk about darts, yeah. which was ridiculous. Um, but I don't do No one rings me anymore. So I'm very much a yesterday's man in the world of darts. Never. It goes on forever. You'll you'll get back in there. But Gerwin Price, former rugby league player, world champion. What more could you want in life? Oh, really? Yeah, he played two games for South Wales Scorpions. So uh, we we <laughs> classed him as we classed him as one of our own. Now he's, he's rugby league. He's ours. Glorious South Wales Scorpions. Two games on the bench for South Wales Scorpions. Nice. <laughs> well, I think that um, that pretty much covers it for the podcast. I hey? like. We we mainly wanted to ask about the Super League season and the World Cup, and I think that, I didn't uh, have any answers for you. Yeah. I don't know any. So, so you've done well there. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you a question. If you could get any single person in the world to run the RFL in the Super League, who would you pick? You know, the the obvious answer to this in the UK is everyone will say Barry Hearn, and I've got a great deal of respect for Barry Hearn because we just talked about Dars and how he's made that into this global juggernaut and snooker and he's managed to get temping bowling on british television for the last 20 years temping bowling is on tv <laughs> once a year um nine ball pool fishing they show live fishing on sky and they have them for the last 20 years because of barry Hearn. but he's very much about individual sports um because you can market an individual and this is a different thing. He's tried it with basketball and netball, and it hasn't quite caught on. So you need someone who can... What, what, the answer to the question is, and I've, and I've, and I've said this before on, on our podcast, what we need is a new Maurice Lindsay who isn't afraid to be unpopular, isn't afraid to make decisions that are wrong or right, and that will hurt people. But... I guess unlike Maurice Lindsay, needs to follow through on things. We will never know what would have happened in Super League had they gone through with the mergers, had they rationalised the sport completely, because there was never the willingness, obviously, from clubs to do that. You know, you look at Wakefield, Castlewood and Featherston, which, again, I don't know what the equivalent would be in Australia, but you know, <laughs> Wakefield's a, a tiny city, as proud of it as I am. Castlewood's a town next to it, and Fev's a pit village without the pit, and that's no disrespect to Fev, <laughs> because they punch they punch above their weight um, year in year out. But you merge those three teams together, would people have supported them? I don't know, but they might have been more successful as a whole unit than their three parts. Because at the moment we've got Wakefield team in Super League, yes, but they haven't made it to any finals in the twenty years they've been there. As in the finals, not the finals. Um, they've been in the playoffs. It's confusing language. Featherston are stuck in the championship. Yes, they nearly beat Toronto, but they didn't. And they didn't get up this year where they chose Lee. And Castleford, yes, they've been to a grand final. Yes, they've been to a Challenge Cup final. 
but they haven't won anything. So if those if that merger had gone through, would that have changed history in this part of the world? Would we have had a, a stadium built? Because uh, Casford and Wakefield are still waiting, and Featherstone have done their own thing and you know built a, a nice little stadium at Post Office Road or whatever it's called these days. We need we need a dictator, and we need the power away from the clubs. But the problem is the clubs have the power, and they're not going to give that up, are they? So right. I'll throw you, I'll throw you a name then. Completely left field. Is he Vince McManigan? No. No. Bernie Eccleston. Bernie Eccleston. What's he doing these days? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you do need that kind of, you do need someone who, and and it it doesn't happen in any team sport here, where someone at the top actually makes decisions that need to be taken. Rugby Union desperately, you can tell, wants a closed shop in the premiership. Um, I mean, I don't pay too much attention to Union because I, you know, I, it has no interest to in me whatsoever. But you can tell that they want a strong top tier, close off the, the gap. Because again, the gap between the Premiership and the Championship, from what I understand, is very much the same in, in rugby league and similar to football. That you've got some big clubs in the in the top division, you've got some teams in the Championship who might be able to compete, but generally they go up and then come back down. If they close the shop, if they had a team representing Leeds in there which no one will go watch anyway but you know they might want that but if they had their clothes shop and the teams didn't have to prepare for relegation and they could have their own destiny then they'd probably be happy with that but there isn't because the clubs don't have that uh, because the sport doesn't have that full power the clubs don't have it they have a fudge and we've got that fudge at the moment do we have too many professional semi-professional teams in the UK probably you know one of our best guests last year uh, was Jai Hitchcocks, formerly of Castleford, formerly of Bradford, now of Toulouse. And he was, you know, selling us on what we should do. It's pretty much the way you have things in Australia, where you have the first grade teams and those below are feeder clubs, whatever yeah. you want to call them. And, and it makes so much sense that that's how it should be. But because we've got 125 years of history, of rugby league being played in Batley and Jewsby and Rochdale and whatever. And because, you know, Jewsby were champions in the 70s, Lee were champions in the early 80s. Because those things happened, we still got that mentality in the UK that it could happen again. Yeah. And, um, and chances are, unless someone won't. comes in with billions of pounds, it, it ain't going to happen. The, the problem I see with the, the English fan base more than anything else not all of it but a large majority of it is that they're aging because there's not a huge amount of young people following through behind them to keep that interest in the game going because i mean we saw how popular the game was there and how how much bigger it was i guess than the australian game in the 80s and that's kind of when it peaked in in england you know players in australia would go to england for you know the type of competition and the bigger paychecks and then as the Australian game got more into professionalism, it just pulled away even further, you know, um, especially well, at club level more than anything. There's probably some players in Super League who aren't getting paid what Wally Lewis got paid for 10 games at Wakefield in 1984. Mm. You know, you know, he was getting a grand a week. I know mm. he was only here for 10 weeks. Well, yeah, I but, think that's why we're seeing a lot that, of those, like the 
almost the fringe Super League players that are young still, they're coming over to Australia, even if it's in the lower grades, because not only do they get a better pay for it, there's that opportunity there for them as well, that even if they they get a you know first grade top 30 contract, that's guaranteed money that is way more than they're going to get in Super League unless they're a star. Yeah. And it's got to be better for the national team that players do go out to Australia and improve themselves in mm. a better competition and give give themselves a better chance of England winning the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, people talk about the drain of talent, but there's always going to be somebody else to replace them. There aren't still yeah. going to be young players who, who will get a chance, and maybe one of those, because they get that chance earlier, develops into something that they wouldn't if they were just treading their time in the reserves, which don't exist anymore mm-hmm. or don't exist at the moment. So there's, there's got to be a positive in everything, even yeah. though I'm a very negative person overall. Um, I don't think England are going to win the World Cup, but maybe we could do it in the future. Who knows? We've got, we've got a, a, a big gap to build to build up, and, and, and we forget at times that I'll, I'll how big how, rugby I'll, league is in Australia and I'll how big you, it is here. They're completely different things. I'll tell you how England wins the World Cup. They make sure when Australia gets over here, they go into quarantine for 14 days and they play the entire World Cup in that 14-day <laughs> quarantine. They make sure every yeah. Pacific nation is also quarantined at the same time. And it's just England versus France in the final. Are any, uh, are any um, players' wives and girlfriends or partners, whatever, coming over, do they wash their own hair? Or uh, oh, we don't have that trouble? You know what? Fuck it. Bring them all over. And they all have to be they all have to be quarantined the week after. So the Australians and all the Pacific Island teams and all that, they all have to be quarantined for an extra week because they're living with them. <laughs> you, you can't be too you can't you can't take too many risks. Here. Well, you can't, no, you can't be too careful. Not in That's this right. COVID hotspot. There's the UK, you know, where the world leaders in COVID. And then, if England wins the World Cup, okay, how the hell does the RFL and the Super League, you know? capitalise on it and go forward because they've had so many World Cups there they've had plenty of opportunities to actually do something off the back of a World Cup and yet here they are where they are now you know even before COVID came along they're struggling around trying to find sponsors struggling to get on TV you know how are they going to you mentioned the peak of the sport here, and, and you're right, it probably was that late 80s, early 90s and if, if Great Britain had won the World Cup in 92 on BBC One you know, this is the days before we had millions of channels. Most people would have just had four channels at that point. If we'd have won that World Cup, if if the legend, Gary Schofield himself, has lifted the Stones bit of World Cup, as we looked on at the tears of Mal Meninga and the Aussies, maybe that would have been a time where we could have kicked on. But we didn't win the World Cup, so we couldn't. If we'd have won that World Cup last time, so oh. close... Haven't they not win it is also in 95, given that Australia only sent over a half-decent side from memory? <laughs> we banned half our players from going because they signed some sort of fanciful contracts that didn't exist for some period before they became legal and then not legal. And, I mean, that drama went on forever. Yeah, but you look at that Australian team in 95, and it's like, oh, yeah, they sent half their players. The player of the tournament's Andrew Johns. The captain's <laughs> Brad Fittler. You know, they weren't slouches. Yeah, but Andrew Johns had been playing for what two, three years. Yeah, but had, he's, not like, at, he's not even at his peak best. But I, but I think he's that probably not even on the pingers at that stage. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe in Somebody that World Cup, if, if England had been Great Britain and had Jonathan Davis and a few of the other Welsh lads, we might have done, but we didn't. So, 
It's better than 2000, though, which was a complete disgrace of an England oh. World Cup. I so, don't know. Andrew doesn't understand how bad 2000 was. Like, I try to explain it to him, and you just, it's hard to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I know we lost to Italy before the World Cup in 2013 or whenever it was, but that was just a warm up game. It didn't matter. And yeah. it wasn't on TV, and no one saw it, so it was all right. That's all right. But that, There's the 37 the, players on each side. <laughs> yeah. The, the semi final performance against New Zealand in 2000 was just disgracefully bad. Um, oh, no. So if we'd, anyway, if we'd have won the World Cup in '92, if we'd have won it in 2017, maybe. We'll get, but yeah, how do we how do we kick on? We don't have that same. Uh, but having said, I was going to say we don't have that same you know mass media potential or whatever. But has rugby union has grown as a national sport in terms of the national team since England won the World Cup in 20 whenever it was mm-hmm. um, but you know has do people go out of their way to watch Saracens versus Leicester or whatever I, I don't think they do um, yes they may watch the England games on telly and go to the pub because the pub's hyping up as this thing to you know basically they're saying come watch the Six Nations when they're really saying come drink beer so, could we have done the same thing having won the World Cup? Yeah. The problem is, again, and we, you know, when are England going to play next? When are Wales going to play next? When are Scotland going to play next? When are Ireland going to play next? It doesn't matter that the teams are full of Aussies or English people who, you know, grandparents played in Ireland. It doesn't matter because, you know, if you look at the England cricket teams full of South Africans, um, <laughs> the England rugby union teams full of, full of South Sea Islanders, <laughs> you know, we're, we're the only ones who get upset about it in football that there's some foreigners in the squad or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm waffling again because I'd like to think we could do something, but I don't know if we can and, and if it would catch on with the public consciousness. You know, England won the Commonwealth Games netball. Is Netball's got the highest profile it's had in years in this country, probably because there was a big... Um, someone decided a few years ago that women's sports should be covered, and we jumped on that bandwagon with the Women's Rugby League. Um, but before that, Netball was just a thing which was shown, you know, very rarely on TV. Now there's a domestic competition on TV. I don't know how it makes any money. But then, you know, people watch the netball during the Commonwealth Games England won, but are they bothered about that sport the rest of the time? The problem is in this country, everything is dominated by football mm. to the extent that there is nothing, there's, there is very little room for anything else. Yes, when the Ashes tests are on, yes, the cricket, yeah, we'll, we'll get behind that because it's in the summer when the football's not on. But when the football's on, and even when the football's not on, very little breaks through the consciousness because we're more bothered about whether someone at Money has he's broken a toenail or something than England winning a World Cup in something else. So this is why I, I reckon rugby league in England should form a partnership with the uh, with the soccer over there. And just have every Premier League team has an affiliation with a Super League team, and they can just promote the hell out of each other. Super League can sit there and say, hey, we're going to promote Manchester United games. Like anyone cares, they're going to watch it anyway. But Manchester United <laughs> says, we'll promote Salford playing. And they're like, hey, who's this team? What? <laughs> so you've just angered Salford fans because Salford is its own city in its own right, Andrew. It is. It is. How dare you consider them to be part <laughs> of Manchester? Sorry, sorry. Manchester United don't even play Manchester. <laughs> That's exactly. right. Sorry, I'll call it. Sorry, Swinton then. 
I'll go down even better. Whether they send a death threats to someone because they wouldn't change their name to Manchester Lions. The chairman. The chairman of the club. <laughs> oh, my but God. Well, they, that goes back to what I was saying about mergers and things, doesn't it? Yeah, People it does. won't accept a name change. This is the thing, is that we, we went through the whole mergers process when the, uh, the Super League and ARL got back together to create the NRL, and we had... You know, my team, Balmain, had been around since 1908, and they merged with another team from the same year. And, you know, while there's people within the club who still bitch and moan, the majority of the fans have come together and they now just support the West Tigers. And it's got to the point now that the club's now over 20 years old. There's a whole generation of fans who never saw Balmain or West play. And so we're already building that fan base on from now. And so we're stepping in the right direction, Um, fan base-wise. Uh, that's that's where the opportunity is lost. No, nothing's given a chance. Um, whether it's the exiles the first time around, whether it's you know merging teams, whatever. I mean, the mergers we had here were complete shambles. Yeah, uh, they shouldn't, shouldn't even be compared. Yeah, shouldn't even be compared to what happened in in Australia. I mean, the, um, I mean, the Huddersfield and Sheffield one's the best one because <laughs> Huddersfield just took over them, and then Sheffield just came back a few years later, and you're back to square yeah. one again. It's just laughable. It's nothing will change, and and I think you you almost come to that realization like what, and then you don't get upset about it because there's no point because people there isn't the will. People will keep saying, "Oh, why why isn't rugby league bigger?" You know, I said this. It's the greatest game of all. Blah 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 blah. Why aren't we bigger? Because we don't want to make it bigger because we're happy with our little towns in the north of England having right. a little bit of glory because we've got a club. Yeah, and the day will uh, come when the they'll the, the game will come out and say, you know what, we simply can't afford to run the competition anymore. Rugby league in England is going to stop, and everyone will just go, oh well, it had a good run. <laughs> and that's the problem is that they're not passionate about keeping the game alive or growing it. They're just going, eh, oh well, we'll just go watch the soccer. It's working men's club committees. I don't, I don't know what the equivalent would be in Australia, but it's people having a little bit of power. Oh, that'd be rugby on union to in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's holding on to that little bit of power that you've got, because if you don't have that power, what are you? Yeah, uh, if, you may, you... The funny thing is, it's like you could get somebody that says, rugby league's the greatest sport in the world, and St. Helens is fantastic and stuff, and you say, why don't you try and have a team in Liverpool really close? And they'll be like, are you stupid? Rugby league will never work there. It's not gonna, it's, it's, I don't get it. I really don't get it. We had a team in Liverpool. It didn't work. Yeah, but you've got to, like, <laughs> they've got to try. They've got to try. Oh, I can't. I, I, <laughs> I, I just can't. I've been trying to get it to happen for years, and it ain't happening. There are arguments about having a team, a, a team in Blackpool before there was a team in Blackpool. Yeah, know, but they, and, and that obviously. Yeah, but Blackpool's a shithole, let's face it. Oh. That's the nicest I like thing going, I've ever like said going, about a place like in England. Going, I like going to the summer bash. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss the summer bash when it, you know, he's eventually cancelled because no one cares about it really. <laughs> yeah, the summer bash. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, I've been to every one, which is ridiculous, but uh, all five of them. But that was just setting up a thing to, you know, invent something. Yeah, yeah. Well, Super League's got the magic weekend. We should have our own. Okay. 
I mean, the concept is a really it's a good idea. Have a whole mm. weekend of matches in somewhere people. Yeah, you know, I mean, you don't want to go there, but yeah. people like to go to Blackpool. Yeah. So we'll we'll invent this thing, and then naturally we won't. No one, will, no, no, actually, no one's bothered. No. no I should should link it up with something else that people want to see, so they get to see a few things. Like get some big rock band to come along, or you know, have some bloody WWE thing go on there, or. <laughs> Yeah, have, have it, Manchester versus things. Manchester there or something. You know, get something there to get the big, big hordes of fans in there and just go. What's this funny game that's going on? Well, that's the thing. There's nothing going on in Blackpool where you can cross promote with everything because there, there's so much. There's so much going on in that town. But I don't know. Just I just didn't work for whatever reason, which is which is a shame. We'll just turn yeah. it into a nines event because the, the answer to everything is nines. Yeah. It, it's it's like there's so much you can do with nines, and I feel like the thing about nines too is like if you have a comp, a, a main competition and it fails, people throw their arms in the air and you know the sky's falling. But if a nines competition doesn't go great, people are like, ah, oh, it's only nines. Yeah, it's only nines. It's only nines. It's only nines. Sevens is in the world in the Olympics. Nice, it rugby union sevens is in the Olympics. Yeah, that's a rot. That's an absolute rot. They they did they they were smart like let's face it they were smart they started that seventh circuit and then started like getting a bunch of plays together in different countries and saying oh yeah this is a sevens team and then all of a sudden they're saying oh yeah eighty five percent of the world plays rugby union sevens and it's like man there's you know are there eighty five sevens plays in the world but that's like the six billion people who watch the World Cup or whatever, isn't it? Oh. It's just because a clip's been on the news, and but people parrot yeah. it because they don't have any critical thought yeah. to actually question numbers. And we see it in politics, let alone sports reporting. People just parrot any figure given to them. The that's best one, the trend. best one, is when rugby union says, "Oh, the rugby union final was watched by three billion people," and like I, I point out, okay, well. Australia is one of the biggest rugby countries in the world, and a couple hundred thousand watched it at best. <laughs> so there's your starting point. You've got to say the mass is done. You say, so you go, okay, Australia plays, so there's 26 million people there that live in that oh, country, yeah. and England plays, and there's another, you know. <laughs> but then you've got to add up the full population of every country that competed, and then you go, there's our billions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But people believe those lies. Yeah, we should. We should lie. Yeah, we should. You know, why not? So there was a clip. Of, wasn't there a photo of something on CNN? I'm, I'm watching CNN at the moment because everyone's excited about America because yeah. it could all kick off, and that's yeah. what we're all waiting for. Yeah. Um, but they they have this bit on the on the commercial breaks in America and in, and in the UK they just show like things about watches and stuff. Thirty seconds of calm. Not only thirty days of calm. But they have, they have like uh, a little bit where they show f- sports photos from around the world. There'd be a tennis player pumping a fist. Look, tennis, rah. And they showed some rugby league on it once. So we should claim that, you know, how many people watch CNN? All those people have seen rugby league in 2020. <laughs> all of those people. All of them. Even though they haven't. Do you know, I remember there was an article on CNN and it was written by one of their sports presenters at the time. And they wrote this article saying that the Super Rugby Union teams in Australia were bigger than State of Origin. And I like, <laughs> I wrote this dude an email and just like eviscerated it. I just put like the stats and the attendances and stuff like that. And I always remember that because this guy was so, this guy was so disconnected from reality. I couldn't believe it. 
<laughs> this is the problem. But the problem with State of Origin is because it's so successful, we think, oh, we need to copy that. Mm. But the problem is, like, Yorkshire's not a real place, really, because it's split into three bits or whatever it is, four bits. Yeah. Lancashire is not what people think it is. Mm. So why am I going to watch Yorkshire versus Lancashire yeah. when we play too many games anyway? And no one outside of Yorkshire or Lancashire is going to care. Yeah, exactly. Because it further belies the truth that we're just a northern sport. Yeah. You know, oh, it's Yorkshire versus Lancashire. Well, why aren't they playing? Even if you play if, if you play Ireland and they're all from Lancashire, it doesn't matter. Because at least it sounds more exciting and foreign. This is, well, but North, you know, it goes back to what I said, mate. You've got to make it London versus, versus Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. North versus South would work, but the problem is the South would be absolutely terrible. But I, I could still see where people would tune in and be like, we're going to absolutely fuck them up by 80 points, and that just be a celebration. Yeah. It's like when uh, Wigan played Bath at Rugby mm. League in 95, or 96 or whenever it was, and, and gave up in the second half because they didn't want to embarrass them too much. Actually, like we're, we're going to a good idea here. Instead of bringing in an actual rugby union team, Bring in a team that's just rugby league players and make them pretend like they're playing rugby union very badly and have them getting absolutely <laughs> eviscerated and just have a three match series where the rugby it's, league rugby league versus rugby union and rugby league wins two hundred to nil every yeah. single game. Aren't we back to talking about super rugby now? <laughs> <laughs> we get well, we get uh, bonus points by losing. Their, their scores are that high, though, because they give them, like, 37 points for a try and 500 points for a fucking penalty goal. True. But, we, you know, if there's one thing we're all united on in, in rugby league, or generally, is we all hate rugby union. So, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, he, and someone who's managed to blag accreditation for the World Cup over here in 2015, which was brilliant, because um, I was working for Radio Yorkshire at the time, and there was a couple of games at Elland Road. And I just thought, oh, I'll apply for accreditation. Uh, I won't get it. And I did. And because I was working for a non-accredited broadcaster, or non, um, I can't think of the word. Yeah, accredited is probably the word. Um, Non-rights holding, that's it. I couldn't actually do anything. I wasn't even allowed in the post-match press conferences. Oh, yeah. so, so I got to watch two games of Rugby Union for free. Um, I got two programs, which are sold on eBay, a nice bag, uh, a travel mug, and uh, and got fed. So, you oh, know... Yeah. I, mean, you know, I got to, I got to miss Wakefield lose at Sheffield as well in the Super Eights. It was a great weekend. Did you have intentions of going there and just being completely obnoxious in the in the press conferences? Like, you know, do you think this this victory today goes any distance to, um, you know, overturning the decision by the Vichy government back during World War Two? <laughs> I mean, I could have done, but I would have been kicked out even sooner. But uh, no, I would have, I would have just sat at the back and just uh, kept that quiet. Would have been so worth it. Maybe I should have done. You the way to do it is this Tom Green skit where he goes on a um a tourist bus, you know, the double deck tourist bus, and he sits there and he goes, oh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing around here and stuff. And then he sits there and he goes, oh, that sucks. That place sucks. <laughs> that building sucks. Oh, that place sucks. And just do that through the whole game. I mean, it was rubbish, you know, but uh, as you'd expect. But at least, you know, I saw the programs on eBay, so I made a few quid off them. And uh, it, it was interesting. It, it was an interesting experience. You know, we have a chief sports reporter, and I'll use that really loose term, um, over here who just rubbishes uh, UFC all the time. Just says it's like human cockfighting, all that sort of stuff. And then when there's a big UFC event, he makes sure that he flies over to the US to cover it. 
And, and, it, and of course, it doesn't change his opinion of it, but he makes no. sure he's the one covering it. It's brilliant. Yeah, good old buzz. Sports, sports media is terrible, isn't it? We should, we should yeah. ban it, really. Yeah. Only the strain side of it, the, the mainstream no. strain side of it. Well, not all of it, not all of it, but a, a pretty <laughs> healthy sized chunk of it. There's parts of it over here that are just. They're, they're not reporters, just people passing opinion off as reportage. But, yeah. Uh, it, you know, and, and their biases against individuals and play favourites all the time. It, it's, it's sad. It's sad. But it's, that's the way politics but, is going over here as well. Journalism is just a mess at the minute. But the genuine rugby league supporters in the media who write about rugby league are predominantly much more positive than the Australian rugby league writers are when they write about it. I think we almost... When we had this weird situation where... uh, I'm lost for when years were now, but we had a situation where we were doing our usual show on Radio Yorkshire, Proper Sport, whatever it was called at the time, on a Monday, which was very open, honest, pull-no-punches kind of two hours of just having to go at people if they deserve it. But we also, at the same time, had two hours on TalkSport 2, a national radio station, to talk about rugby league. And on that show, we did the opposite. We didn't didn't, didn't not tell the truth or not be honest, Mm -hmm. but we very much sold a positive uh, or as positive a spin on things as we could because we were talking to a different audience. If we're talking to our own people, then we can, you know, we know what we like and we know what's true and we know what's not. If we're talking to an audience that don't know our sport, then we have to sell a more positive spin on things. But when you're talking to your own people, I'm not saying you, you mislead the general public, but they don't need to know every single criticism about the sport, do they? Nah, and, and like you kind of played it. Like I remember when I was doing, when I first started the commentary in the New South Wales Cup, and uh, I was watching a game and Aiden Caesar was in it. Now, Aiden Caesar ended up going up into first grade and they made the grand final. The Kick Raiders made the grand final with him in it. But I remember I'm watching him play and somebody asked me about Aiden Caesar and I tore into Aiden Caesar how average <laughs> I thought he was. And at the end of my tirade, Daniel looks at me and goes, Well, I hope his family's not listening to him <laughs> to the commentary today. And I thought, Oh, yeah, oh, I've got a different audience on here. <laughs> It's difficult at times, isn't it? And it's hard because I think there's there's a problem, certainly with some, and social media doesn't help this. There's almost a theory now where you can't criticise at all, even mm. if the criticism's constructive, because people will say, you know, I don't want to say what about their mental health or whatever, but people will, will use that as an excuse for you not to be able to have an opinion, mm. even if it is constructive or genuine or correct you're not abusing someone you're just having an opinion on their performance and we are going down that road where you can't say anything about anyone i don't want to turn into one that i'm turning to one of these people you get on right wing radio aren't they where they say oh you can't say racist terms anymore Mm. no but that's good that's a good thing but Mm. you know we should be able to still criticize people if they do something wrong Mm -hmm. and praise them if they do if you can't accept criticism you can't accept praise at the same time yeah, true. And and it's like there's a difference. And I think that nuance gets left out of it too because there's like you can say something funny and, and it's just a joke. But then 
like what I the thing I don't like is that when it, any team that loses and it, like everyone launches into them like they're the worst losers in the history of humanity and it's like no they just lost a, a bloody game sport chill out you know they'll be back next week <laughs> everything's cool you know that doesn't or the the worst one is like everyone's a choker and it's like no sometimes you just lose a game you know there's there's big chokes and that that's what Warrington does but then there's just losing games you know but this thing if, if Warrington does that all the time is it actually choking or is it just consistency well it's both you can have both i don't know that you can after a while you, eventually it no i can't say that i'm sorry <laughs> That it, it, the 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 skill of self editorializing yeah. is a very important one. Yeah, that, something there, something there, we've there, had to learn very very quickly. <laughs> There's many times I'll 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 write a tweet and I'll delete it before I send it, and I'll get halfway through a tweet and I think, no, it's not worth it. Yeah. Even though you know in your mind what you're saying is correct, sometimes and any just about minor things, not about anything important. You just think. If I tweet this, is it worth the hassle? Mm-hmm. And the answer is ninety-nine times out of hundred. It no. sounds like unless you're, you're, unless you're a professional post- troll. I mean, if you're a professional yeah. troll like like freaky, you know, it's different, isn't it? But I was going to say, if you're not a professional troll, what what you need is a is a parody account of yourself where well, you can yes. say that shit. I mean, I, <laughs> I should use the uh, the Pyongyang Pylons account for that, but uh, it's it's. <laughs> learning when not to say things even though you know they're right as I say I don't know much about what goes on inside rugby league but the things that, you know you learn things you know things and it, it's frustrating when you see people comment about something you want to comment about and yeah. you know the truth mm-hmm. and you know reality but it's actually not worth that. That hole. because even though you know what's real and it's frustrating i get i get frustrated uh when i see people praise things that are crap and that i think why why are you doing this what what's your end game and then i just think i'll just go off and do something else you know it it doesn't matter we call those people west tigers fans by the way on twitter exactly (laughs) (laughs) punch myself in the head a couple of times just goes you idiot just get it you know wet flannel get on with things yeah. <laughs> See, I, I used to have a parody account. It was really big in England. <laughs> it was the Voice well, I mean, Twitter account. Do you remember that one? <laughs> People thought I mean, I mean, they kept asking him in press conferences. They got in the news and everything. And he just, he'd just be coy about it. And people would just keep asking about it. It's fantastic. I, I, miss, the, I miss the old days of forums um, when I, I had plenty, plenty of opinions about things. And wasn't as uh, diplomatic as I am these days. You, you didn't see me on the forums, by the way, did you? Uh, yeah, cool. Well, NRL oh. fans back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but uh, someone quickly told me when I started working in radio, you know, knock that on the head, don't do that. Because it, it, the problem was it was obvious who I was. Yeah. I, whereas when I – but then I had another account, which I tried to make sure people couldn't work out who I was. Mm. Um. But then I just gave up because forums became crap. So They did, didn't they? Once I left, they were shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I occasionally visit them and I think, my word, what are you... What, what? It's just people arguing with themselves about nonsense. 
Yeah, it's a down. And, and, and everyone, everyone's a character, isn't there? I don't believe anyone's genuine on them anymore. No. So it's Besides, like, we, what we is got, the point? We've got Twitter and Facebook, which gives you yeah, a more exactly. instant response, so you don't need forums anymore. They're too slow moving. Yeah, you can find all the idiots on Facebook. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. They, they, it's a confusing world, uh, and it's been even more confusing over the past couple of hours we've been speaking. <laughs> yeah, we've we've basically accomplished we've managed, absolutely nothing. <laughs> we've taken we've taken muddied waters and we've just put yeah. more mud in it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's achieved anything through podcasts anyway? And this this bloody pandemic has meant everyone's started a podcast. Everyone's got a YouTube channel now. That's true. Like, leave it to us who've been trying to plow a thorough and make no success of podcasts for the last five years. Don't don't all jump on this bandwagon now. Yep. <laughs> We we like to promote everyone's podcast, but we also like to physically dominate them as well. So I only promote ones I like. Yeah. <laughs> if someone tags me in a tweet, I think do I want to? No, no. I like the ones no, where they do a podcast and they tag fifty-seven people into it, and it's like, can we just pump the brakes on that? Like, that's not annoying at all. I mean, I'm just very, I'm I'm not a great self-publicist, and I've been told, you know, you probably would have got further if you had been but it's not me so i can't do that and mm. when i look back on my career i think yeah i actually had a decent one far far i've done far more than i would have thought i would ever have done if i'd have promoted myself more would i you know would i be happier nah so you know sod it you know it's, it's all right yeah, all it takes is to call yourself the king of rugby league and say living surely it's really easy <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you I what. called myself the Rick for crying out loud. I used to I, <laughs> change the Rock's name and put an I in it, and, you know, and that's what I made myself into some kind of weird character on RL fans. Why did it, yeah, it's weird. Pe- the people on there were like, when you think back on it now, it's called mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on that, but the problem is I got my name on the back of a shirt. I mean, what, why would you do that? I mean, it's just it's such ridiculous narcissism looking back. Um. Oh, just, the amount of time I must have wasted just posting crap on oh, forums. I know, right? I, I think about that. I think about like how many thousands of hours, like literally <laughs> thousands of hours, like trying to explain to people why Willie Peters wasn't really the next Peter Sterling. Like, ugh. Gates said legend Willie Peters. Ugh. I, I just, I, if, I wish I could have all that time back and learn... Like, not even a skill. Like, I could have been a neurosurgeon or something. <laughs> hey, uh, look, it wasn't all bad for you, though, Rich. I mean, you, you managed to get an article in the uh, Rugby League Project. Yes, and you yeah, all... thank you. Thank you for asking me for that. And uh, I, I, uh, I, I, writing is not my first thing, but I enjoyed doing that. Um, not that I put much thought into it. I just started writing and then just thought, oh, I'll just keep going. They're the best articles. They're the best articles. That was what I thought at the time of where we were, and everything's changed since then. I think probably so. Uh, it, it, it's there needs to be more, you know, a right every month for Forty Twenty magazine about telly and rugby league on TV, which you have loads of in Australia, and we have very little of, especially out of season. So I end up watching stuff on YouTube. I might have to watch some crap like old episodes of uh, the Footy Show and uh, actually tell people oh. no, actually it was crap. Uh, it wasn't good. The Australian you Footy Show. Are you talking about the Australian Footy Show? No, the, I, know, I know it's not on anymore, but the the the, uh, the, the rugby league one. Yeah. We, we, yeah. When it, we got it over here for a bit, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is great!" And I said, no. No. 
No, it was shit. <laughs> and then people tried to copy it and like, mm, no. Well, all they did is we they went, we don't need oh. to go- you know, they, they figured that something worked for a, while, a little while. And they went, oh, that's that's been going down pretty well. Let's do that for the next 28 years. No, no disrespect. Well, we don't need a British version of Bo Ryan. You know? Yes. We, we, don't, we don't need that. <laughs> So, uh, you can, you're welcome to have the Australian version. <laughs> especially, especially in Australia, where on TV you're allowed to be sexist and racist, it seems, and, and no one cares. Whereas over here, you know, you can't do that stuff. You can't do that. Yeah, it's some casual racism. You know, we, we've moved on here in the UK. We don't do that anymore. Honest. Well, you know, we're, we're convicts. We can do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we love, we love you, really. Um, but, we, you know, you like rugby league. That's, that's better than... America. Yeah, That's we've got France. more in common than we have that is uncommon. I mean, exactly. You know, we, we've kept neighbours going for years. Thank yeah. you for being on TV here. Yeah. So, you know, we we stopped caring about in about 1994, but you guys just kept lapping it up. Yeah. We had to keep making it. It's still on. Um, Carly Minogue's career. That, that's that's us. Um, yeah, we again, we, we stopped caring about that when she left neighbours. Yeah. You've, kept, you've um, kept, her, uh, kept her relevant. We kind of binned off Danny, but, you know, she you did the same with, with Peter Andre. We only cared about him for about five minutes. I mean, Jason Donovan's currently on. Uh, I don't. I, 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 Touchy subject. I don't. Even, <laughs> oh, do you not like him in Australia? Is he? Uh, ah. Is he? Is he oh, right. He wasn't the touchy subject. That was uh, um, uh, Craig McLaughlin was the touchy subject. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we don't talk about him. Yeah, no, Jason, Don, Jason Donovan's currently on one of our top reality TV programs over here. So you know, Ooh. we love him still. Well, yeah. Uh, you do yeah, have you so, have someone over there that um you know you can give back and that that's Adam Hills he's doing a fair bit of good stuff for rugby league too. Yeah, oh we we love we love him because he likes rugby league. Um and uh, PDRL which I've had the fortune to see live is an utterly ridiculous thing. Um I I if if the listeners have never seen it live, you know just Go and check out a game because it is ridiculous seeing people with an arm missing or whatever, just seemingly not caring, just chucking themselves into the tackle. It is it's brilliant. Absolutely I fearless. It is wonderful. And then, you know, the, the Wheelchair Rugby League World Cup is probably the one that England are going to be the favourites to win. So, you know, we might at least have one of the World Cups remain in the country after after uh, after November. The other two, I think, might be going back to Australia or New Zealand, uh, failing that. But, you know, at least we'll have one World Cup here. So, you know, just at least we'll have some bragging rights over you. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. That's we'll take true. any victory. <laughs> well, it's been absolutely amazing having you on once again. We have to get you on more times this year because it's always fun talking to you. Well, yeah, um, and as, as I'm on fellow, I'm not doing anything at the minute. So, I'm, no. uh, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get you on our show. We will... Uh, We'll get you on. Okay, when I come on your show, can yeah. I be an absolute prick? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you say. You know, we might we might have to ban you. No, but... no, I won't say anything to get banned. You know, I'm pretty good like that. Well, That's I have okay. been banned from many forums, but I won't get banned from your podcast. So you're just going to shit stir? Yeah, yeah, basically. All right, all right. I mean, there is a, there is a low watermark on the show of... I'm not going to name obviously who our worst ever guest was. Oh really? But we had we had we had a former international player on our show at one point who was yeah. an absolutely terrible guest. So whatever you do, yeah. you can't be as bad as them. So that, that, that's that's the one positive you have. Was that an English player? It was an English player. 
But we'll, we'll ask you after the podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's um, all we, I'm saying. But, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah. Um, so, you know, we've been very lucky in, in, in so much as we haven't had many bad guests. Yeah. I can count them on the fingers of two fingers. Yeah, I, we've been lucky. I don't, we haven't had a bad guest so far. No, they've uh-huh. all been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. the ones that are the absolute best are the ones we get on for a second go. Exactly. Oh. oh. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine. As I say, I'm, I'm sat here doing nothing at the minute, so uh, it's, it's, it's nice to be asked to do something and feel like I feel like I'm feel like I'm relevant. I mean, I'm sure you've asked everyone else in British rugby league who actually does have a clue what's going on, and they were all too busy writing about. Nah. Tomorrow, so. uh, you're, you're the only person we go to when we want to talk some about rugby league in England. We talked to we talked to Gavin Wilson. I think that was about midway through last month. Talked yeah. about oh, yes. the the knights and anything else and uh and yeah you were we were like let's talk to richard about what's going on over there so you're our first guest this year have you actually taken a covid test by the way i have yeah i took a covid test um oh man what would it have been it would have been late august and i didn't have covid but then i come down with really bad just normal influenza and was sick for about two months i've had um I've had six COVID tests because I have to have one every month at work. Ah. Oh, I, I feel the pain because I could not cope with that whatsoever. So the, the quicker we get, get Trust this me, solved. It, it gets a lot easier, a lot quicker to handle. <laughs> but uh, my first one, um, we actually had little pop-up tents everywhere where you could go to in the township where I live. Um, and so we went along and the army were doing ours. And got, in, got up to the side there in this... Um, very attractive young blonde lady comes up. I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is pretty cool. She comes along and I look, I look down as she approaches the door and I see the army pants on her and I go, uh-oh, I've heard stories about, about women in the army. They're not as, they're not that gentle. And sure enough, she goes, this won't hurt very much. And she just sort of slams my head against the back of the seat and <laughs> puts a shovel up my nose <laughs> and then just, you know, puts a, uh, puts a broom handle down my neck <laughs> Sort of almost crying the whole time I'm going through it. Though I was thinking, I've got my uh, five-year-old daughter sitting in the car seat behind me. <laughs> and she said, "I did it, Daddy. I thought it tickled." No, it's like tickling. Make it stop. <laughs> Apparently, when they do those throat tests in St Helens, they they say you you might gag at this, and they always say, "I'm from St Helens." I'm I'm, I'm saying nothing. And uh, it's a shame you can't see me because you'd see I'm um, saying nothing. I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. Yeah. I get anyway. in enough trouble as it is. Anyway, so where can we find you, Richard, and where can we download you on your podcast? Well, I'm on Twitter, at the RSW. Um, do I regret that name? No, I don't regret that name. It's great. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in 4020 Magazine every month. We are on uh, Twitter as well, at 4020 Live. Uh, we're on Facebook, just 4020. We are on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember what the channel's called anymore. It might be just be 4020 TV. But search for that and you'll find us. Please subscribe on YouTube because the more people who subscribe, the more money we might get from advertisers, um, which is not much, but it's better than nothing. Uh, and I'm after declaring it to the tax man one day if we do get paid too much. So uh, we haven't done a new show yet this year because I haven't been bothered to find any guests. But we, we might There's do one in the next few weeks. Right well, yeah, I mean that's true. That is true. But you know, it's, it's like Christmas has been and gone. 
the rugby's not starting anytime soon. We've got not much to talk about, really. Mm. I don't really want to talk about people signing for Rochdale because no disrespect yeah. to Rochdale, but I'm not interested. So, well, we'll, we'll be back at some point soon, and uh, yeah, do all maybe, those things you're supposed to do on social media. Maybe Rochdale could sign Sonny Bill Williams. He's free. They could do. I mean, that's. Um, or back to Warrington, the, the scene of his greatest moment in the Rugby League World Cup in 2013. You know, they could just go to him and say, look, you can either hang around at Toronto and hope they give you that $5 million, or you can take five grand a year from us. If you come it to is, us, that's five grand more than you're going to get at Toronto. I, I'm sure he would have got paid more than from Toronto than John Aloma would have got from the £2 million Wakefield tried to uh, get him to sign for yeah. in 2000 <laughs> because they would have got zero of that money. So Sonny Bill Williams is certainly on the right side of the ledger on that one. I tell you what, I would, I would pay five grand right now to never have to go to Rochdale. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been, so I can't comment, but, you know... Once you've been to one northern town, you've probably been to them all, in fairness. <laughs> True. And I'm speaking of someone who's in uh, northern towns. I'm not, you know. Hey, I've been to Wakefield. I still That's remember a... that smell. Oh. <laughs> it's the rhubarb. That's the problem. I think, isn't there like a tannery somewhere near there? I'm not sure. I feel like I there don't is. Know. Don't yeah. they use lots of urine? That was just people after Westgate. The Westgate run, no toilets. What can you do? I don't know. But it was, yeah, it was interesting. After a while, you don't notice it anymore. <laughs> you get used to it. We should wrap uh, this up before before Freaky starts going yeah. on a bit of a uh, Yeah, I was about to go into Castleford and make them sound worse. Let's, yeah. I mean, I hate Leeds, so if you want to criticise Leeds, that's all right. Leeds. I mean, I like oh. the club. I like the club. The city, I can't stand. So, yeah. yeah, it's the most boring place on earth. It's the only place I looked and was like, what can I do as a tourist? And there was <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I, know, I, know we're st- I, know, I know we're wrapping up and I've done the goodbyes and stuff, but you'll have to believe me. You know, you, get the, you mentioned tourist buses earlier. And yeah. I'm sure in, in, in Sydney or Melbourne or wherever in Australia, there's loads of things to look at. Yeah. And they have them in London or whatever. They had one in Leeds for a while. What? And it failed miserably because there's nothing really. And it's not a criticism of Leeds. There's nothing to see there. No, they've got a, it, they've got an old abbey and a museum and the royal armies and there's nothing else and they had a bus tour. It's like, who thought this was a good idea? I was really shocked because I thought there would be something, you know. And I, I think the closest I come to was like there was a a mining museum or something. Well, that, that's, like, that's Wakefield. That's Wakefield. The problem with Leeds is it claims oh, really? everything is their own, so they would claim that. It's like they claim ah. everyone from Castleford is from Leeds, but they're not. Yeah, I'm, and I'm it was just I'm, shocking. I've been waiting for Leeds to just claim Huddersfield as its own. <laughs> It'll happen eventually. It'll happen. It's close enough. <laughs> haven't, they right. the, haven't they already got the main road there named after Leeds? <laughs> They've already claimed That's that. That's true. <laughs> that really? is true. Yeah, Leeds Road goes through the middle of Huddersfield. Oh, jeez. It's where the football ground used to be. Yeah. Wow. That's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, that is, that is a very good place to end. That's terrible. That is. That is terrible. We've basically, I, I feel like we've made you depressed in this episode. We've... What do you mean made? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. If any time you look out your window and you feel a bit down about where you are, at least you're not in Melbourne. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I could be a tennis player, couldn't I, stuck in a hotel being fed? <laughs> it's not even about being a tennis player. <laughs> Just think, God, you're not in Melbourne. Listen to all the AFL talk all the time. Like, who cares? 
bunch of people chasing around chips on the ground. Who gives a shit? Anyway. Why do they wear vests? What's that all about? Why are they called Guernseys? I don't understand. I don't get about. it either. either. <laughs> wear vests and girl shorts. They're weird. They're really weird. And they bang on about their coffee. I mean, it's coffee. Seriously, who cares? <laughs> Most livable city in the world. Let's wrap this fucking thing up. <laughs> yeah. Andrew spiraling now. This is great. Um, so I want to thank everyone for listening. Go to manscaped.com. If you go to manscaped.com and put in our exclusive code, which is NRL, get 20% off and free shipping. And unlike 2021, your balls will be really smooth and everything will go well for you. So go there, manscaped.com. We love Manscaped. So go there and, uh, yeah, get something to make yourself feel better. Thank you, Richard, for joining us. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Eventually. Thank thank you to everyone. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.